<laughs> he found the actual situation very threatening. He what? He found the actual situation very threatening. Did he? It's um the code. It's not recognizing the codec. Any ideas? Mr. Obi. Who sent you the message that? Uh, Sheldon, Shane, and William. All at the same time. Uh, within two or three minutes. <laughs> So I should stop visiting with people. <laughs> okay. So what I've been talking about are the three natures, uh, part tantra, dependently arisen, part uh, part kalpata, the imaginary, what we add on to what dependently arises, and, and to see that that's happening, to begin to see through that. And I'm not sure if it would be better to say that you see through it to the dependently arisen, or you see that what you're adding to it is also dependently arisen. And, you know, you the, the whole thing is is of causes and conditions coming together and when the consciousness of the awareness sees that then the consciousness of the awareness uh, no longer rejects participates in or ignores what arises therefore it is and when i say therefore uh, it's not like a future future event it's happening now uh, it's not even mm -hmm. happening it doesn't actually have a a strict past or strict future. It's just this. The time, time and space is what we do when we look at things crumble. That's crumbling, it's crumbling, it's crumbling. It's like uh, hours, uh, sands through the hourglass. So go the days of our lives. Where's that from? Days of our lives. Days of our lives? Oh, soap opera. Yeah, yeah. soap opera. I should watch more soap opera. No. It's not good anymore. Okay. So it was good at one time. When I was really little. You're really little? Yeah. <laughs> Yes. If we are fighting with the imaginary things that we create, does that mean there's still some belief or not? I followed you up until you said that. If we're still fighting with, if we see that, you say it. If we see that we're making something up and mm -hmm. we're still fighting with that, does that mean we haven't seen it completely? You haven't seen it completely, yes. But quite often when that happens, we, we apply the concept and then we, and then we, we want results because we impute on top of the imputation that we should be understand if we understand it that we understand it and this is what's addressed in the uh, 30 verses of uh, Vasubandhu that was uh, that I asked uh, Kozan to quote what was the can you quote the one part of the verse where they're saying uh, uh, you don't know what you're talking about kind of thing <laughs> I don't have it I can paraphrase it but you can quote it if you could quote it that would be good. just because something makes something stop in front of it it isn't situated in this soul. So, so yeah. the one before that? Well, let's, uh, let me say it this way. Uh, just because you uh, technically or intellectually understand, that doesn't mean you have realized it. You can, there's a, a people with astonishing ability to, to t take uh, uh, emptiness teachings, Madhyamaka, uh, Yogacara teachings, and work with them in such a way that it, it's a powerful. They're able to really handle concepts really well. I don't happen to be one of those people. Um, but if you if you realize it, then then you realize it, and then you then you can bring the concepts, and you can see that they they uh, affirm the realization. But go ahead. I was wondering: is are there any qualities or characteristics that are not projections? Technically, no, because anything that is something is is is, is projected from something else. But but if you see what it is, then there's nothing to project because there's no projector. There's no one who is projecting anything anymore. Go ahead. What is a projection? Something else. Can we be more specific about what exactly we're talking about projection? Is it an idea that arises independently or? It appears, appears independent. Yes. So in that case, what, how, or 
is the difference between any idea that arises that dependently and projection that seems to have a quality of projecting. What's the difference? Is there what is? Fundamentally, fundamentally, there isn't any difference in anything. It's not two. So any anytime you see two things, those are not fundamentally separate. More. What is that moment like? Uh, Bailey brought a question about. Uh, Her name's not Bailey. I'm sorry. That that was from. Yeah, from book the past, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. The, to, to address our question to some degree, that when we when we see that we're projecting, so so when I see that I'm projecting, what am I looking at? I, am I seeing a person that is projecting? When you see that you're projecting, yeah, that's that's the beginning of it. That's where it, then you you kind of creep up on it. You see, you would see that gradually until until you don't see it more. So is it is it a matter of seeing some the imaginary arise and projecting that onto someone or something in front of us i, I think it looks like it's of a piece it's just that the person is there and it's it's there's not a they're there and we project but there could be something if you like if you someone comes in the walked in this room uh holding a shotgun we'd all have a bunch of projections really quick we would see that we would see the person we would you would immediately start to read that in some way in terms of uh, 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 safety or threat. Uh, I mean, there were just it would be an odd thing to happen, but if it did happen, we would be it would take you, you would it would take uh, some time to understand what that was. We would probably the first thing that would come up would be uh, um, what, and the next thing might be fear. It could be almost anything, but we would be inventing things about that, inventing things about that, and it's not that those. That situation couldn't be really dangerous and really threatening. Of course it could. Just everybody in the world operates in terms of plus and minus, good and bad, up and down, back and forth, successful, success and failure, and so on. So the whole world is structured that way. So the, what's happening with the individual, if the individual sees what this is, I'm not saying that they would be, uh, they would see this in such a way that they would think, well, we're all one or some kind of fuzzy, uh, dreamy feeling like that. No, you, you might be out of the window quicker than anybody else. But you're very clear on what that is, which doesn't mean it, that you don't see it as dependently arisen, but you don't impute they're an evil, bad person, and I'm a really nice person that needs to get out of their way. So you wouldn't add on a bunch of extras. It would be very, very simple. You would see dependent origination. That We'd see the parts that are all reliant on each other for their apparent singularity. It's just a simple way of putting it. But it has to do with the awareness rather than the thinking process. We use the thinking process as a tool or as uh, to help us, but the awareness itself, the, just the bare attention is, uh, is where the, um, is situated in such a way that everything appears as, con- as a perception only or consciousness only, just the perception of it, that there's no other and there's no perceiver, there's just a perception. But, mm-hmm. yeah. so, but the thinking process is still arising. There could be. Thoughts. Could be, ideas, could be thoughts. Uh, could be thoughts, but they, they're not separate from anything. So there's still birds flying through the sky. There's still thoughts flying through the mind. Not separate. Different. There's, there's, we're not saying that black is white. White is black. But, there, but there, there's no war between them. So when, when, you, when someone realizes no self, no other, then those thoughts can't find a whole new thing? They, they don't find a, a thinker. It's, it's been said, I think it was a book by Stephen Batchelor, maybe, with someone's their thoughts without a thinker. Yes, waving your hair back. I can't do that, so I can't be mistaken for waving. <laughs> yes. Um, I mentioned this yesterday, and I 
after doing forms, I got this other part of the verse, but in the hope you then mind, it says, when an erroneous imagination sees, the acquiescent mind realizes itself. Mm -hmm. um, and it seems to be what we're talking about here. And it is. So my question, though, is what is meant by ceasing? We, we no longer uh, uh, generate them. And if they, if they do arise out of causes and conditions that are, uh, you know, 10 feet away from us, uh, we don't believe them, disbelieve them, or look away from them. So if you don't believe something, you don't disbelieve something, you don't look away from it, then you're, you're fundamentally you're not separate from it. You're not separating yourself from that as some, some other thing. When the acquiescent mind uh, uh, realizes itself, it's just, it just the realization is uh, uh, ultimate realization that there, there isn't anything else but this. Sometimes called awakening, sometimes called the Sanskrit as a nutra samyak sambodhi, complete, unexcelled. It means there isn't anything further than that. You can't, can't go, can't go. We have to use a relative way of talking about it. You can't go any further than that. And if you think there's something else, then, then you have to work with that. I'm just having difficulty imagining how this process works. My perception That's is... why you're a practitioner. Having difficulty imagining how this situation, yeah. You don't need to imagine how it works. What do I need to do then? sit on your butt a lot and look at the wall and see the see the imaginary nature keep adding on to things adding on to things thinking of this thinking of that guessing at that speculating on this and watch that happen without stopping it without fueling it and without turning away from it those are the three poisons and then the causes and conditions that continue to erupt and flow means your karma the causes and conditions that got you here in the first place that gave you those elbows that Stay where you're at, sit where you're at, look, watch what continues to turn into something else and something else and something else until you see, uh, until you see what it fundamentally is. And so it's, it's like a slowing down process. It's like I've said before, uh, if I could turn a switch and you could all see what's happening here, this might not be too good. You should take your time doing this. We talked about that earlier. This is, when I say uh, uh, ego doesn't want to see this, it's frightening. I'm not kidding you. I'm not, I'm not kidding, just saying, oh, it'll be kind of hard on you. It, it can be devastating. The, the, the people who have, uh, who have stumbled into this uh, without any practice at all, no, no reverse conditioning of sitting down and being willing to just do nothing, do nothing, do nothing, add to nothing, subtract from nothing, do no math at all. If this comes tumbling into you all of a sudden out of nowhere, uh, you can come apart at the seams. You can panic. I mean, you can run to a psychiatrist, which is a very... Uh, um, very uh, inappropriate thing to do on the spiritual path. Because that's a mundane path. That's about something's wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you. Don't misunderstand. I'm not, I'm not a doctor. I'm not saying you may not have a chemical imbalance. Go ahead. Have one. Have a chemical imbalance. Use the mundane path to fix you, correct you. It's just not wrong. It's just a way of approaching the issue. And Lord, but if you're in this room, you're probably interested in the spiritual path, which means transcending this world while you're in it. Transcending this body mind while you're in it. Yes, Jung May. I realized I lost my Yes. How do I deal with the frustration and mistrust um, of what I see? And yes, that's very difficult. And when people have what you've just described beautifully, when people have that, they want to fix it. They want to end it. They want to do something. They look for some cure, some situation uh, that they can bring into that medications, uh, injections, uh, pills. And, and it's not, I'm not here to say don't do that or that's wrong. I would say you could consider just looking at it for a while rather than immediately leave your own intelligence 
abandon your own insight. You're the one who's having the experience of having your fingernails pulled out and abandoning that and going to some something else and ha asking, getting someone else who has no idea what you're going through and trusting them to tell you. Now, they might be good at telling you that you need a heart transplant or you need uh, um, any number of things. But try to find somebody who can tell you what a migraine is. And that's, that's a physical thing. People don't know for sure what that is. So as soon as it starts leaving the physical situation and going into something in this area that I call the blue alligator, uh, like I say right now, I'm saying, I've said probably 20 times, there's a blue alligator in the kitchen. You see it? It's in the kitchen. Which way is it facing? Which way is it facing? The window. Which, anyone facing the door? Yeah. Who told you to do it that way? It's your mind. All I did is say something and you immediately, the mind is so powerful. And we, we were together in this outward. We just did that together. We created that blue alligator. That blue alligator cannot be destroyed. Once that comes about, it doesn't exist in conventional time and space. And that situation we're dealing with as far as your mind or your so-called neurosis or your feeling like your fingernails are being pulled out, which is the suffering that happens in, in our neurosis. When that happens, what's being said here is, please sit down, hold still, look at the insanity. I'm not accusing you of anything, but I mean, look at the spinning craziness of the mind until you see what it is for yourself. As they say, physician, heal thyself. Yes. Can you give us an example like that to imagine? Yeah. Is our mind receiving that in the same way as a color is being received by our eyes? No, it's a, just a different frequency. It's closer to that. You know, it's like the difference between uh, cement blocks and smoke. They're both physical phenomena. You know, one, you throw at people and the other, you... Uh, you run away from. Let me get that backwards. So, <laughs> so I'm. Uh, you, know, you always run out of a burning house. You never run into it. Isn't that right? But you run away from the center bar that's getting thrown. Yes. Yeah, no. Thank you. Sometimes I'm dyslexic. So anyway, what you would do, Shung uh, Mei, is uh, if if you want to, is to. As I've told you, and many people sit down and look at the difficulty rather than rather than doing something about it. So in other words, sit down and look, look, and look, and look. It takes some guts to do that because sometimes it's easier to just put a drug on top of it. And as I say that, I'm always uh, qualifying that because I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. You you should be. Don't don't just do as I say. Consider what I'm saying, or you wouldn't be in the room. But then maybe you maybe you need to do drugs. Maybe you need to get. A psychiatrist or a therapist to help you and if you do then please do that you have my best wishes yes a question from chain in texas yes he asks does the fundamental nature of what we are have a thinking process or an intelligence it is that it just doesn't go somewhere else it doesn't abandon abandon itself for something else it's called buddha nature we need a word tatagata garba back in the ancient times they came up with sanskrit words for everything. Anudra Samyak Sambodhi. Suchness. Thusness. What is suchness? It's just thus. It's just that. So this is like the little slogan up here. It's as it is. Whatever it is, that's without any of the imputation, without anything added to it. It's just that. Doesn't mean you're, that it's going to vanish. It's going to disappear. What is going to disappear, if anything disappears, is all is you're feeling that it's uh, something other than you. That's why the uh, the sutra we do, the third one in the morning, is a, is a song of the jewel mirror samadhi. It is, it is a, a samadhi because it's not separate. It's a mirror because you're actually looking at yourself. It's a jewel because it's so incredibly valuable.
that it goes, it's a, a jewel in the dust heap. People are looking for jewels where they, in the jewelry store. But the Buddhist is not looking, even looking for anything necessarily. They're just trying to see what is this? What is this? And they, they're looking in the middle of this dust heap and they find a jewel. And what is it? Anuttara Samyaksambodhi, or complete unexcelled enlightenment, or awakening, or realization, or seeing there are not two things anywhere, or the perfected nature, or suchness. We bring in all the words, what will be a good word? So they haven't agreed on that, I guess. <clears throat> Andrew? You talked before about, I believe, the fundamental nature of things being terrifying. Can you talk about that more? What is terrified? What is terrifying? The a sense that there's something is threatened, somebody is threatened, and you may not feel this. You, you know, you, everyone's wiring is a little bit different, but you may not go through that. But there's a good chance that if you're on this path at some point, as it said in the, uh, the dark night of the soul, it's like that time when, okay, you've worked on this, you've worked on this, you've worked on this, and now you're going to go through this particular uh, labyrinth. And that labyrinth is your own mind. And it's that area of your mind you've been shutting off. And now you're going to start going in there because you're... We're just going to go in there. That's why we, in this uh, tradition, uh, even though in the Zen tradition they don't do it, but in the Tibetan tradition they do solitary retreats. Go into a solitary retreat by yourself, sit down, hold still, whatever practice your guru or teacher has given you, then do that practice and do it and go deeply down into that material. See what it is. And so there, there, there's no, I'm not saying everybody's going to be terrified. But there, there is something happening there when we start to go towards that area where there's, where we don't have the, the sense of security. We start to our, our sense of who we are sister starts to start tumbling around or becomes insecure. Or we start to lose our reference point. If you do a lot of sitting, you're going to start to lose reference points. That's why it seems to be necessary to have a structure: Buddha, Dharma, Sangha, the three jewels. A teaching person, something's being taught. Community of people that get together and work on this together. Seems to be very important. I'm not saying you can't do it yourself. Read uh, read Susan Segal's book, uh, Collision with the Infinite. See if you want to do this by yourself. She was standing on a, uh, waiting for a bus. You read that book, did you? And she she instead of going uh, to a, a meditation community or going to a priest or going like that, she went to psychiatrists and therapists and everything. And of course, they can't solve the the problem of the collapse of an ego standing on a bus stop where you don't know who you are, you're no longer identified with anything, but the ego mind of self-centered grasping mind is still there, starts to panic. Yes? Um, a question from Hakaran, and then we have to move to the daily Okay. Uh, her question is, um, how do we work with our will to do or be our motivations as we understand not separate? What? How do we work with our will? Will. W-I-L-L, will, will to do or be and then she has a comma, our motivations as we understand that. So. Okay. Uh, live, live uh, uh, operate conditionally, but live ultimately. So stay in your Buddha nature. This is a person asking the question of someone that has received the precepts. I vow to be with all things. I, I vow to live in enlightenment. That means you have to live in enlightenment, but you have to still have to face the wall. You still have to, you have, still have to do the work, you have to study the material. Uh, have to have to relate with the sangha. Have to relate with the teachings. Have to relate with the with the teacher. So, uh, besides uh, Susan uh, Seagal or Siegel, uh, there's also Ramana Maharshi. He spontaneously awoke when he was 18 years old, fell down, and had a death experience. And instead of uh, going up and going to a psychiatrist in ancient India or India of the 18 early 1900s, he uh, went to Tiruvannamalai, uh, 
uh, Arunachala Mountain and sat in a cave for 20 years because the culture supported uh, that awakening. There was, a, there was a spiritual culture that supported someone uh, transcending, the, uh, having this kind of transcendence. Whereas in this culture, you probably would get locked up. Byron Katie is another example of someone who awoke, sat around for 15 years trying to figure out how to tell people about it until she came up with the work. And then there's a... Uh, you got five minutes. Oh, there's, there's at least four other people. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing now? Uh, the dedication of marriage. Okay, we're doing that. And then we're going to do daily Dharma gathering. Yes. I'd like to just remind everybody about the donation boxes that we have in the hallway. We always can uh, use and always appreciate your financial support. Thank you. <clears throat> May the meritus penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way.